and like giving a hundred percent i think it's the best way to experience stuff yeah give it give it your fullest give it gi gi give all of yourself in what you do like even if you're eating like eat like you like it was your last meal enjoy every bite don't get distracted by looking at your phone or something like do one thing at a time and do it good okay but if i look on my phone while eating i can like check my emails and i don't have to check my emails later and then i have more time for hanging out with my friends how to be a leader how to bring forth the best in people without nudging them into any direction how to give people the most possible freedom but also the most possible agency to realize what they want to realize. My guest today is Tirzara Delbagno. He's a student of cognitive science and artificial intelligence. And today we talked about his goals and about leadership. So his goals are one, to give 100% for everything he does. So this is not something he uses in his decisions. It's just a rule of how he deals with the things he decides for. And yeah, we really discuss about that. And his second goal is to empower people as a way to facilitate the things they want to happen. As a leader, you don't always know what's ultimately the best thing. So you want to give the people the power to build what they think is the best. And this is what in Cesare's what Cesare believes is the way to achieve the best thing that you can achieve. It's a way to achieve what is good without knowing what is good. Because you, if you empower people, then they can do what they think is good. And in the end, the society will, or the group, will come up with something that is the average of what all, all people believe to be good. So it's the best thing you can do. I hope I didn't, like confuse <laughs> exactly his goals but in this podcast he will explain them really exactly and i will challenge him on this guys enjoy i'm going one semester in asia and that will be in asia uh yeah in singapore i'm okay. doing my exchange in singapore so my my goal kind of before actually taking a more uh stable and long-term decision was to look around uh to the ai field kind of mm -hmm. both europe asia and america i know it's a simplification because asia is so different and europe as well america is the same but like at least spending quite some time either in academia or in a company in these three continents so that i could have a better overview of the of ai how is it seen how is how are job perspectives uh um, academia how is it working there and all of that just to yeah have a better idea of how could i proceed from there so yeah i spent my bachelor years here in europe i would do a little exchange in asia then if i managed to do a master's in the us that would be cool that i think it would be then you have everything okay so do you want to do this you want to get to know ai in every continent so you want to move to one of them And research in AI. Yeah. Okay. Not specifically research, well, even like just working and work. Yeah, just diving a bit in the field, like seeing what are the perspectives, the considerations, facilities. How is it? How is it considered also socially? You know, it's very important. Um, like for example, here in Europe right now, we're much more focused on the legislation. Uh, while I feel that America and Asia are a bit pushing more onto actually building the models. America, of course, is still the leader. Um, 
England is also England's a bit of of its kind. Yeah. Because they have they have DeepMind. Now it's linked with Google. Um but it's now outside EU. So it's a very, very complex situation there. It's I think it might be even considered as an island. But yeah. <laughs> yeah, like <laughs> wow. both, both physically and, and metaphorically, uh from from the from the rest of Europe. Um uh, but yeah, so I think that would be that would be pretty interesting. Another reason is that in in America, the masters are much more practice centered. So it's it's more like you actually get your hands on the problem, and you start building your your stuff, your algorithms, uh, doing more research based and everything. While in in Europe, um, the masters I've looked at so far, they are more theory based. So like. I don't know after like my my three years here um how much theory would I still like to to do or if I want to just take a more practical direction in my work. Yeah. But that's still up to discussion. I don't know. Why do you want to work in AI? Why? Yeah. Um because I think AI is um is a wonderful tool like I, I wouldn't necessarily want to work in AI I would w like to work with AI so like um, as as we were saying before like the the previous podcast um, my ultimate goal would, would be to um, use AI as a tool to empower people yeah and um, I think you can do it in very different domains could be education could be um healthcare, uh, communication systems. Um, you have different paths to achieve that. And AI is, uh, I think, a very good tool to scale it. And so if you find a solution locally, um, I think you could generalize and apply to different contexts uh, with uh, an algorithm that learns and adapts to different situations. So. Yeah. Okay, I uh, so today we wanted to talk specifically about your goals. This okay. was like I, I think like last time we because we didn't on the first podcast we didn't really finish it. Yeah, uh, we sure. didn't we didn't really went into. Um, maybe if you like, you can give your. I think it were two goals. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, you can like explain them again, and then we can really uh, go or, or like summarize them if you want, and then we can go into them um so i don't exactly remember uh, i think I, I i i think one okay i i'm just looking up because i think i wrote them down but um i, I know one of them was to uh yeah oh, that's no problem to empower humans uh, mm -hmm. or to 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 build to build an environment in which humans can flourish so uh to to build an environment where humans can live out their potential mm -hmm. and the second one i forgot um, I know the, se the second one was to experience uh, as much as possible. Yeah. This was the second one. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. 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 So yeah. Is, is this the, oh, so I, you know what I should have done? I should have not said that. I, I, I had these two in mind. I yeah. But, in mind. but it would be amazing if I had not said it and asked you and if you would have come up with something else, then we. 
I don't know, like no, the human because the human brain, like sometimes you just make stuff up, like people just make stuff up. That's and true. That, that's that, true. that would be interesting. But like I, I just had this little bit of confusion because I had these two in mind, and then mm -hmm. I remember I, th I said that one was a high level one, and one was more practical and to give a direction in life. And I was like, damn, these two seem both pretty high level. Um, so we can we can start back from there. I think the most high level one is experiencing life as, as at its fullest. And mm. um, what do you mean by high level? Uh, I mean like as I as I was saying the 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 previous time, I think there it's it's healthy to have two um, directives in life. One is more uh, philosophy, so it's like one is more how do you approach daily life like anything you do um what is your art what is your attitude to, towards that so yeah making clear what do you want from yourself what do you want from your experience from your time here um and i think that's that's experiencing life to its fullest that is why um stupid example like i don't know if i step in a in a dojo even if it's training I want to give 100%, under 10%. <clears throat> Maybe I have some um, muscle pain and I have something which is holding me back. But I know that, you know, like our time here is limited. I have only one and a half hours to train that day. And if I don't give my all of myself, I will have lost an opportunity. That is what I, what I think. And this applies to a lot of things. Like, for example... When you go to an exam, why would you aim for eight? Like, but, but, but what is the difference? Like, why is the experience like if you would go to training one mm -hmm. and a half hours and don't give you all, mm -hmm. then you still have experienced one and a half hours of training. Like, yeah, but like, would you have experienced it in the best way possible? Would you have experienced it as the, at your fullest? Okay, so you want to experience in the best. So, so you want. So you not only want to make as much experience as possible, but like the best experience possible. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. What is the best experience? Like, how do you... I think... Um, I think dedication gives you really the best experience and being present in the moment. So, like, when you... As, as I was saying before, or when you go to an exam, um, why would you aim for an eight in the first place like you have to study to get a 10 and prepare to get a 10 and sit there with a like 100% sure that you're gonna get a 10 worst case scenario like you get a nine or an eight but if you're aiming for an eight worst case scenario you don't pass the exam and it's not only about passing or not passing it's about like again you had four time four year uh, four months to to prepare for that exam you have some knowledge and like if you really want to make the most out of it it's like you really have to study it at at, at your best like the best way possible you can prepare for that and um i mean sometimes it clashes not always is like actually learning the material means that you're gonna pass the exam or not always passing the exam means that you've learned the material in the best way possible but i think that like if you actually try your best to um like absorb all that knowledge then you will then you will actually have made the most out of that experience 
and like giving a hundred percent i think it's the best way to experience stuff um yeah give it give it your fullest give it give give all of yourself in what you do like even if you're eating like eat like you like it was your last meal enjoy every bite don't get distracted by looking at your phone or something like do one thing at a time and do it good okay but if i look on my phone while eating i can like check my emails and i don't have to check my emails later and then i have more time for hanging out with my friends that's that's true but i also think that like if you're if you're doing of course some people for some people works but i think that if you're doing multiple tasks at the same time you're you're never really giving 100 to any of them like you you would have to give like 70 to eating and 30 to mm -hmm. checking your emails so i would rather do 100 of your eating and then 100 of your emails and in the end like i've tr I tried i've tried optimizing my life the craziest way yeah. so like having um yeah checking emails during during lunch breaks and and everything and i don't know i was i would listen to podcasts while i was doing something else like having a very very tight schedule but then i realized like i wouldn't really get anything out of it like i wouldn't get i would get something but not i felt like something was still missing and then i tried to be more present more um fully there while doing stuff And I think this is what really gives you the little edge. Like even even the difference between 99 and 100% of yourself in something gets you something more, gets you that little um, insights, those, those kind of ideas which you can only get if you really master something, if you really put all of your effort, all of your cognitive, physical capabilities in, in what you're doing. It's like that little, little edge between knowing something and being proficient in something <clears throat> okay so what exactly are you optimizing for if you say you want to experience life to the fullest uh, and you say that means as one of the points that you want to give 100% on the things you do you want to do the things you do with full intent and with full intensity as well mm -hmm. uh so 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 what why, why yeah again because like i think if i don't do so i would have lost a, an opportunity like if if i have if i have um something in front of me and it's either new or it's old it can be any kind of experience I really want to dedicate all of myself to that because I know that in one moment, one second, it will be, it will be gone. And if I don't seize it, if I don't, if I'm not in the moment there, then it, it won't happen again in the same way. And yeah, I mean, I, you always get something out of, out of every second you live. Like you cannot stop yeah, the brain yeah. from working and computing and learning and adapting. You not experience. Yeah. Exactly. But I think there are there are different levels in which you can can experience stuff, and I don't know this this works for me. It's like um, I really like being, yeah, fully committed to to what I'm doing, and also like 
you, you said that if you eat while checking your emails, then you will have more time to spend with your friends. But actually, like, you might have just sent a shitty email because you were not completely focused on the, the, what we're doing. And then you might have to send um, a follow-up or you were not completely happy with what we wrote. And at the same time, like, you were like, okay, so, but how can I improve the meal that I've just cooked? And you don't really remember what was good or what was bad about it. So, like, next time, the meal would still be kind of okay, but not the best version possible of the meal. But if you focus on that and then you say, okay, like, you, each bite you take, you just feel it. Like, you, you smell it, you, you feel the consistency, you look at the color um the taste of course and you consider all the aspects then you're like okay next time i can improve on this i can improve on that one that was good it was not and and it will be much more meaningful i think i think like you will remember what you've done much more than if you were planning on something else like being distracted and everything and yeah i think like it's better to select and then you, you go to the emails and you're super focused on your emails, you might even save time, you know? Like, this this happens to me. Like, if I'm checking my emails while doing something else, it takes me so long to write an email. But if I'm there, and if I, like, completely commit to that action in that specific moment, I have my list of things that I want to include in that email. I write the text, rewrite it, reread it, rewrite it, double check, send it. And it's and then I have I have time to to spend with my my friends afterwards. I think <clears throat> one practical problem. I don't know. Like I'm just trying to poke a little hole yeah, in there. No, of so so, uh, where do you where where do you cut the you you can't do this with everything. You can't give one hundred percent with everything because then, like, it's just not possible. Like uh, you can study 10 things at a time and be perfectly ready for every exam like literally if you want to be perfectly perfectly ready for one exam you this can be all, all the things time, like yeah. so you have no time for checking email you have no time for eating you have no time for anything so, and so it might not be enough yeah, it might still not be enough exactly and how do you choose um that, that's a very good question yeah and this is something i am a bit struggling with uh, but I think you have to really ask yourself, well, what, what do you want from you? And it's not only about <clears throat> um, giving 100% for each thing at all times, but it's also about defining what is what is good enough for you, you know? Like, so if you have an exam, you look at it and you say, okay, for this, for this exam, I want to do A, B, C, D. And these are all the things that you have to do. And you know it, like to be fully prepared for that exam. You don't have to know all the material, all the slides in perfect memory. You just you just set to yourself some clear, achievable uh, goals to be ready for that specific thing. But and then you rank it from the most, like the thing that you prioritize the most to the lowest. And for each of these things, you have steps. And then, like, you start from the one which is at the top of your priority, and you go down. Like, when you're done with the steps, you go to the second one, and yeah. then so on. And you keep updating this list, like, every day, every week, yeah. every month. Every and and the stuff that you don't get to 
was just not important enough. Exactly, yeah. I think so. But all the stuff that you do, you do with full intent, full focus, full intensity. Yeah, like okay. if I if I know, for example, that I have to prepare for an, for an exam, what I like to do is scheduling my time. So I know I have, for example, 12 lectures to study and I have 14 days before my exam. So I do one lecture per day, one day will be the mock exam and one day will be reviewing. And I, don't, and I know that for one lecture, I need approximately two hours, one hour and a half. So I know that each day I will be doing an hour and a half. And for that hour and a half, I think about nothing else. I would just there and study. No distraction whatsoever. No phone, nothing else. Just me, maybe some, like, um, I like to study with um, some kind of binaural bits yeah, yeah. or, like, alpha waves to, yeah. to improve your concentration. And also, like, it masks off all the surrounding noise. Yeah. It's pretty nice. Um, and I'm there. And, like, in that moment, I, I'm giving 100%. And I know that if I do all the steps as I plan to, I will be ready for the exam. And I will have done, I will have felt good for myself. Same for like a karate competition. So if you know that like to be ready for that competition, you have to train five times per week, two hours. And you do that, like, you know that this is the most you could have done. And if you know that each session you gave 100%, 110%, that is, that is good enough. That is like, then you go to the competition, you might not get the first place. But you've done the best you could. You've done what, what you could do. Okay, so I, I think I understand your rule now. In the beginning, I didn't understand it. But like the, it's not about what you choose. It's about that, uh, like, like this rule that you want to experience to the fullest. It's not about choosing things because of you want to experience them. But it's more that the things that you choose, that you, like, no no matter, okay, now you decide to do this podcast. So you're only in this podcast or when you decide to study then you're really studying then you give your best you give your all your yeah. focus and this is like so so it, this rule says nothing about what you choose it only says about how you yeah interact with the yeah, things exactly. that you chose exactly like, and this yeah. is like one of the two goals right yeah so like it's how you so it's your attitude so. yeah exactly what you said it's attitude. yeah exactly okay that is it and the second goal, which is still high, quite high level, is um, yeah, creating an environment as wide as possible in which people are free to express themselves as unique and creative individuals. So, because that, again, that's when the real magic happens. Then That's when the ideas that no one else apart from that specific person could have arise. Um, that's when um you really feel um responsible for what you're doing you really feel like you could affect the community around you and to achieve that that is still not as i was saying before that is still not the clearest goal ever but i everything i choose to do i put it in perspective so like is it going to make me a bit closer to my goal for example, being the chair of Enigma, I think that's that's very, very much related because I'm kind of trying and developing. So for people listening, Enigma is uh, the uh, study association of cognitive science and artificial intelligence. It's like 90% of my guests <laughs> are from Enigma. <laughs> and they, yeah, they're people that study artificial intelligence. Uh, yeah. Yeah, it's uh, alumni, masters, bachelors, even professors, yeah. um, PhDs. 
So and Cesar is the chair. I'm yeah. the chair, co-chair yeah. with Olivia. Yeah, yeah, Olivia. I also, also on, on the podcast. One, one of the guests. Yeah. And um, what we're doing here is basically we're prototyping for that, right? So we have we have different projects, and each of this project is um, a practical and tangible action which aims to achieve that goal of creating that kind of environment. And um, and then you basically scale from there, right? So you start from a small community and affecting um, the the people closest, the, who are the closest to you. And then you iterate over the years, over your experiences, and you start build, building up. And I think... That is still that is still my my goal my my ultimate thing. So like, can you exactly define what what do you, what do you mean by wanting you want to give people agency? Uh, mm-hmm. Can you exactly like say it in your words? Uh, so, <clears throat> from from my personal experience, I've found myself. Uh, in a leadership position for a couple of times in my life and like I've asked myself um, what really gets you going so like what what do you like about this why why you're even there like how come you found yourself in this in these positions across different contexts and different years of your life and I came up with the resolution that what really, really makes me feel good is when I manage to lead the community, not in a in a authoritarian way, but like um, in um, like yeah, in the actual real sense of of leadership, which I think is. Um, giving an example and making people feel responsible for their role in uh, in the community. And um, so, like, if you if you manage to achieve this, then people will will surprise you with something that you couldn't come up with. So, like, if you if you delegate some of your responsibility, like, so like what most leaders tend to do is like they tend to te- to take the word on their shoulders. Um, blame themselves from everything and try to fix everything by themselves which is basically impossible to do and it's very like you can experience a lot of frustration I speak from experience and um, and it's it, and it can only get you so far because in the end it will be you with your ideas your contributions, you might be like the most clever person in the world. Um, but again, and I'm, I'm citing, uh, yeah, whatever you can say, whatever you think about that person, but I'm citing, um, uh, Bill Clinton on this, which I think was, uh, I, I heard in New York uh, a couple of years ago, the speech was pretty illuminating to me. And it was like, you could be the president of the United States. You can be the most intelligent person in the room. But if you take like, out of a room of 300 person, if you take one person alone and you put the 299 other people in another group and you make them like, and you propose the same problem to both groups, the 299 
people will come 100% sure with the best solution. Because an individual can only get so far. But if you put different individuals in themselves, like, uh, sorry, in, um, in communication and in, in an environment in which they feel free to express what, what they really think, then apart from having a multiplicity of different ideas rather than having, yeah, different ideas, but same, like coming from the same background, same perspective and everything, what you also create is a positive feedback loop in which people affect themselves and they're like, okay, so I hear this from them and then you reinterpret it with your personal background and you add some value to that and you output something which is slightly different and you start building on top of that. And then like the community basically progresses and this loop cycles and cycles and it's basically never ending. While the ideas of a single person will are confined in some way because you have very little, very little feedback to adjust and to uh, go further, especially because if you're, you're the leader, the people around you um, will feel like they don't really belong to the project that you're bringing forward. Everyone has to feel like they're responsible for what they're doing. Everyone has to feel like their project is theirs in that proportion, in that in that specific aspect. And only then they can they will be able like to, to learn from their mistakes, to go further and actually create this kind of uh positive environment. Mm-hmm. Okay, so this what you're proposing is I feel like it's some kind of a tool. So so it's like if you're as a leader, if you're as a leader, manage to give people a lot of responsibility, agency, uh, the possibility to uh, to do something, to make an impact, then there will be very positive, or it, it, it will increase, mm-hmm. there will be positive effects. But what do we mean by positive effects? Right? Because, like this is not a purpose in itself like to to just give people agency it's like it's like a, i understand why you say like it's it's really good to achieve something if if you mm-hmm. like you can do this to achieve something but what is this thing that you try to achieve um <clears throat> that is the whole point i don't know okay no one knows and like when when people say i want to do good i'm always a bit scared Mm-hmm. Because you know, like the um, the path from hell for hell is paved with good intentions yeah. or something like that. Like, I have no idea what doing good means. I can I can condemn s- specific actions by, but that will be my personal idea, my personal ethics. And maybe in fifty years it will be different. If I were born in a different country, it will be different. Society is a very, very complex place. So what could be totally accepted right now wasn't accept- accepted 50 years ago even. Yeah. Or 10 years ago. Like, ethics and and society moves very, very quickly. And I really think it's it's a bit arrogant to say, this is good, this is bad. You always have to put it in perspective. 
but one thing that you can be sure of is that if you give to the majority of the population agency and the ability to express themselves, then that will be reflective of the ethics of the majority of the population, which is the ethics of the world in that specific yeah. moment of time yeah. and space. So yeah, that, that, that will be the good, but the good is emergent. It's not fixed in stone, you know, it's yeah. dynamic. And yeah. so you allow the group to, to bring their own good forwards. So, so you're like only facilitating that the group can do what the group feels is good. Yeah. And, and you, you want to, you build like a framework where the good can flourish. Yeah. Uh, Without deciding this is good and damn, this is good. Uh, this, is, uh, <laughs> <laughs> this is good. Because, um, um, and what you really have to do, and it's very difficult, is you have to ab abstract and you have to um, separate the figure of the leader from your personal ideas. As like one of the most salient examples is during the uh, school, school, school yeah. occupation. I was, I was, I was contrary. For people that want to listen to it, it's the episode before I did with it's the episode one. Yeah. <laughs> it's really cool. He talks about how he occupied a school. Uh, yeah. well, not you, but... Uh, like, the, the school decided to, to yeah, occupy. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, like, uh, like really quick summary, just uh, your school, uh, yeah, you occupied the school together and you were in a leading position. Uh, I was a school representative. Yeah, the school then. representative and now you can yeah, say your example. And um, like... My personal view and the view as a school representative um, were first opposing to the occupation. But then, like, as I saw that more than, like, 80-90% of the school population really wanted it. And they were, they were aware of the risks and the implications. And they were involved in the whole process. Like, I detached from my personal opinion... And I said, like, okay, so I was elected by the majority to reflect the majority's opinions and to lead them in the best way possible. So I, I, I switched from opposing to it to making it happen in the best way possible. And that, I think, is what really makes a leader a good leader. But what do you do if you, like... What, what do you do if you really think that the majority has it wrong? What do you do if you like really think that this at this school occupation, for example, if you really think this is wrong, this is not good, but you know, eighty uh, percent of people are for it. Okay, so there are two things to consider here. I think so. First of all, is how did they come up with that solution? It's like were they really involved? Are they really? Um, do they really know what they're going for? And this is, I think, the the most important thing. And in a more open and uh, larger kind of thought, I think this is a responsibility of the educational system in every country. So, like, are you really preparing the citizens to vote? Are you really giving them the tools to understand what is what is it, what is it, that you're voting for, what is your state, how does it work, and all of these things which are, for the vast majority of states, neglected, completely neglected. 
and the second thing is okay so like are they informed is it is it and um the second thing is well i would i would question myself and what what does it mean that the majority has it wrong so it's a it's a tough, tough question actually but i think i i get you you it's actually it's like two points like first is there like some kind of bias in the group that you know that the group doesn't know about or something like, like if there was something wrong, like for example, in the information that the group got and that's why the group uh, believes something and you have like more information. Yeah. Then of course uh, there, there's like a reason and you could like help the group to get more, become more true or the other way is that you think yourself like, okay, if this whole group, 80% believe something and I believe something else and maybe I have like a, there's a mistake in my thinking and you try to find your own bias your own yeah. mistake so yeah probably but that that's still yeah and I would give a third option I mean I would I would always yeah. consider these two yeah but then there are two outcomes you either oppose it forcibly and like use your power as a leader to not make it happen and the second one is still like you facilitate it and make it happen, but you make it happen, as I was saying before, in a way in which people feel responsible for what they're doing. And it's not like they cast a vote and then it's on some, someone else. Like, okay, you cast a vote, but you're, you participate in the old process. And if I really think I'm, I'm, I'm right and they really think they're right, the only way to tell the outcome, like to tell the, sorry, to tell who was right and who was wrong, is to look at the outcome and see like, how does it go? How does this project, okay, let's say we have, we have a board meeting with Enigma, all the board votes in favor of something I vote, like opposing to it. We do it. Everyone takes their role. Everyone does what they should and they feel responsible for what they're doing. And then we observe the outcome. Was it a, a success? Yeah. Then, well, I was wrong. Was it a failure? Then I was right. The other people was, were wrong. But not only. The important stuff is that if they feel responsible for what they're doing, it's not going to be a failure of the leader or it's going to be a collective failure. And like, you will be able to to build on top of that. And like, if you feel like that was your personal project and you failed at it, it's going to touch you much deeper than just saying, okay, I casted a vote and then the organization, the leader, failed. whatever, yeah. they, they did it. It's, it was not me. Like I could have done it better. But if you really take the population into account and make them feel responsible for what they're doing and for the, for the decision and the direction that they're, they're heading towards, it will be like, okay, so maybe next time I will. So I failed at this what went wrong next time I will improve on this and you will actually make sure that uh, the old community learns from experience otherwise I don't think that's possible like if you don't feel like something it's yours you don't even feel like the failure is yours it doesn't belong to you it's something detached okay so you would even like if 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 there's a group decision that opposes you like the whole group um whole board w w votes for something and you vote against and 
in this moment you would still be okay the decision is fallen we do this now and again to point number one i give 100 try to make it as good as possible yeah yeah hmm. okay uh, because because yeah that's that's yeah, really that's really the only way to to improve as a group if you fail as a group you experience stuff and then you can build on top of that otherwise you don't and if you don't give yourself your, uh, 100% of yourself you don't really know if the failure was because the project the idea was not good or you didn't do enough to make it happen you know so mm -hmm. that's also an added value to oh, committing wait, yourself again. so like if you if you don't if you don't give 100% of yourself if you're not sure that you tried all your best to make that thing happen you cannot be sure that the failure was yep. the idea itself the project itself or or the execution yeah you know okay true mm, about this that everybody should participate i i think i i just wanted to make i wanted to to give an arguments against an argument against it but uh maybe this is even already accounted in your thinking i think so because um there is an advantage to having a dictator like there or, or or to giving not not only not it doesn't necessarily have to be a dictator but just also to vote a person that is just responsible and just 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 tells you what to do because then your mind is like like if everyone always tries to find the best thing and all Then, then a lot of minds are occupied with this task, and it's much easier if there's someone that tells you, "Okay, you work on this specific problem. You don't, you don't have to care about anything else. You, you are. This is the problem you work on, and you, other guy, you work on this, and you team, you work on this. Isn't this more efficient? It certainly is on on the short time period." Um, you will speed up a lot of operations. It might even like produce better outcomes on the short time. But again, like I feel like if you're constraining people to one specific tasks and not not let letting them um take part to the community living living and to the decision making process and all of this stuff, they will not progress as people they will not um they will be constrained in their ideas and what they could contribute with to this to the community so like they will only be able to contribute in that specific way and you will take apart all branching of of the possibilities that these people could could actually um yeah bring up to the to the community around them And um but the the most important stuff is that of course you cannot have a plenary assembly for every decision. What you need to have is a very rigid and rigorous structure which allows you to um include and involve people in specific manners, specific matters, which is not set. Like every organizations every context has to have their own and it might take you a very long time to to make it like to perfection and to fix all of the all of the mechanisms which allow you to do that 
Um, but structure is, is essential. Structure is really like, paradoxically, to have the most freedom, you have to have the, the strictest, the strictest <laughs> structure ever. So like, everyone knows how things are working. Um, if you want to do A, like this is a procedure to do it. And having some standardized uh, ways of communication or, and um, all of this stuff is, is essential, really. Otherwise you get lost, like, as you were saying before, okay, so if everyone is doing everything and they all spend all of their time in debating and you, you never really reach a solution, maybe time constraints, maybe, yeah, casting a vote for the majority, like having, having a good concept of what is good enough. Again, like we want to achieve, we want to do this project. What are the steps? What, what is the, the vision for it? And then if you go through each step and you know that you've done your best to achieve those like sub goals and sub steps to get there, then you know it's fine. And then at the end, you look back and you say, okay, this, this was not right. We might improve here. We might improve in this other thing. Um, but of course, you cannot just let like a bunch of people brainstorming all the time or like discussing yeah. And, yeah. and everything. How, how do you go? Uh, how do you think should go about to create this balance? Like, where do you draw the line between, okay, this is <laughs> this is a um, decision that we have to decide all together, or this is something that just the leader can decide or just the leading group can decide. Uh, how how do you decide what what has which which weight? I think a good um, thing to have is always transparency. So like, even if you're taking decisions that your role is supposed to do um just communicate it to the others to all the others so like for example in um associations i think here in the netherlands it's even um like um, compulsory by law but all associations should have a general members meeting once per year in which like they say what were their policies, what were their plans, what did they decide on like financial matters and having like all the accounting documents fully available to all members mm. and everything. That is a very, very good practice, I think. And um, the other thing is also respecting boundaries. Like, you know, if, if you were uh, chosen by the association, by your company, by your university, to be, I don't know, CTO or professor of algebra, if I'm the professor of psychology, I won't like go there and criticize your, your work, like in the, in the, in the details, we, we might, we might raise it as a, as a problem of the, of the community, but I would rather focus on, um, general, general issues rather than like specific things that a person has to address with their, um, their, occupation their yeah their position in the in the community okay so you don't go to specific people and say okay you're doing this wrong or wait, yeah, is I don't it, think yeah. So. yeah yeah okay okay so this was your last point okay mm. hmm. so you as a leader you want to give people the most freedom because it's good you have to find the balance between uh Uh, no, you want to give people the most freedom because this way it is 
most likely way or the the way that reflects what people think is good the most like it's not uh, inherently good but it's like the good the the thing that people believe to be good will come out this way or it's mm -hmm. the most likely way to bring it out and um therefore you want to have give people agency give people responsibility but without uh like still find a balance to not overly give too much uh too, too much responsibility to everyone I mean, s still, yeah. they will have to be responsible for what they're doing, and specifically, yeah. their their role. Also, um, because like in that case, I think it's not even that much necessary to criticize each single person's um, work or behavior, because if you really manage to achieve this condition, and you go over the general uh, outcome of your projects, then they will hopefully ask themselves okay what what did what did i go do good what did i do in the wrong way and why didn't this work am i involved in this how should i how should i improve and um and the whole idea of a community is that you're you're really tight with you with the people around you so like this kind of feedback doesn't really doesn't necessarily have to be formal It could also be just like you're seeing someone else um, and you're you're in close contact with them and they're doing that thing a bit different. And then you might think, oh, how that, that sounds like a good idea. How could I implement this in my work? And then like you pass on the information. And again, like from one little idea, then it spreads across the network, having these little um, genetic mutations. And um, hopefully come out with a with a better version of what was before, and spread out if it's a if it's a good strategy, or um, it will just die if 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 it's not. Hmm. Okay. How how do you go about implementing this? So how how do you how do you act in your life to fulfill this goal? This is this is actually pretty pretty hard. Yeah. Um. So I think the first thing that you really have to do is I'm not sure which the first step should be, but I have in mind for sure making people feel like they belong somewhere. So like okay, this is this is really my place. I I see the people around me um they're genuine um it's no one is explicitly judging but everyone is learning from common failures and, and experience of the others and um and when you yeah first so first of all sense of belonging like i think that's the basics of a of a community and the other thing is giving something that you cannot find anywhere else it's like true unicity true um yeah it's like something that you cannot really find in in a different context uh it might be um yeah it has to it has to be clear in your mind 
why are you doing that and not something else? Or what is the difference between the community you're currently part of and every other 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 people, other guys? Like it has to be clear, like to draw a line and make sure that it's um it's not it cannot be mistaken. So for example, you can have different study associations. So what 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 makes us unique? You can have different companies and which work on AI or which like I don't know, work on big pharma, whatever. Yeah. What what makes you different from all the others? Yeah. And I think that's that's a very, very important thing. Also because people if you if you look like on YouTube, there are thousands of videos of like, I don't know, how would you make this? How would you make this other thing? But there are really few videos which are able to give you very specific, actionable, practical tools to to implement. And I think that's the most valuable stuff. Like you can go to, I don't know, 200, 300 TED Talks with more than 30 million views each and get basically nothing out of it. Yeah? Why? Because that's that's completely that's completely general. It's very um most of the times they have impersonal thoughts. Um it's it's too too shallow. It doesn't go in depth. But don't you need to have like this over like let's say over general like it's it's a very general view maybe on the tech talk it's not like for a specific situation or something but you need this to apply it later to a specific situation right i i don't necessarily think think so like for example i think you learn calculus not by um not from the practical lecture in which like they introduce the concepts but by doing thousands of equations in your life and solving them by by hand and like thinking about like okay so what does this mean what is this parameter and trying to envision and crack the the thing so i think also if during those ted talks there's there are a couple of good ones like i really think that the um, the most personal ones in which like people are actually telling one thing one thing only again 100 percent like in depth what they did in that specific situation that's that's how you learn in real life like i'm always like if if there is a person who's giving very general life advice it will not stick to you that much but if they tell you their stories how did they experience stuff it will be as you were living a hundred different lives simultaneously so if you're really able to absorb that it's not just a general quote but it's like you kind of have lived through that situation as well. And it will stick much more to your memory if you associate it to a specific uh, problem, a specific time, a specific place. It, it becomes part of you, I think. So something like an autobiography or a biography would be like a better way to learn than like a how-to self-help book where, where it's like about the... Like, for example, if, if we would read like the... Uh, biography of elon musk it's better than having a book where somebody tries to explain the principle that elon musk uses also if elon musk try to explain his general principle by themselves like that's very sterile you know because like 
we're all different people. We all come from different contexts. We find ourselves in different contexts. So I think it's much more valuable to see how did Elon Musk come up with that specific idea uh, rather than just trying that than him trying to generalize that idea by himself. Because like I the idea is not something personal. It's not something you can privatize or anything. Like once you speak it out loud, it becomes public domain. And if you're able to see how it arises and then like uh apply it to your personal experience and daily life, then it really it really becomes something valuable and something personal. Otherwise it's just just there. Like everyone has the same kind of uh general principles, but no one is actually really applying them because it's so hard to implement them. Mm. So I'm hardly living in the world of ideas. So, yeah. so this is like I'm uh what I tried to do, like like with my note taking system and everything, I try to find the best ideas. I I I I so I try to strip everything personal off the ideas, every like all the story, all the th stuff around, because like this is not the the gist, you know, like if you have like the story of Elon Musk, like I I, I get your point. Like uh, this is just uh if you have like the story of Elon Musk and in there is some kind of principle. And uh your point would be that by reading the story with this context, everything, you absorb this principle in a better way or in, in the right way. Because otherwise, if you, if you only hear like this principle, you don't really know like what exactly is the context, like where, where this came from. It's not about like um, absorbing it in a better or worse way. It's about like absorbing it in the first place. So like, are you really absorbing it? Are you really making it yours? Are you really making it personal? Are you really able to build on top of that? If you just take uh, something for a given. Like I think <clears throat> actually taking out all of the story behind it from an idea is making it very sterile. Like you are not able to apply it. And I mean, you might, but it's not as easy uh, to apply it, like make it, shape it and round it and have your own personal view on that specific topic. Um, that will actually lead you to building on top of it, because if you if you have it, if you have the pure idea, the idea of a triangle, for example, I don't know, <laughs> um, most people will have the same idea of a triangle. Yeah. And where is where is evolution? Where is where is the creativity part? Where is the um? It doesn't have to be the the triangle is your only idea. You can have other ideas as well. Like, yeah, but I think like, um, there are, for example, more, more abstract things and there, I think you, you really have room for not, not even improvement. It's like room for, for, um, yeah, to express yourself and to, um, go on and develop as as humanity as the all humanity like if everyone had the same standard stuff like very clear concepts we will be talking about the same stuff over and over again and we will be completely understanding i don't agree i don't agree okay, okay. Uh, what what about like in my note taking system i really strip everything 
from the ideas. I try to get to the purest form. If if a person tells me a story, I, I really want to know, okay, what exactly is the thing you're trying to say to me with a story? Like, because, like, what what is the... Or if, if you try to convince me of everything, what exactly is your argument why you believe this? Is it like... Uh, I know there's like a lot of feeling around it, but I try to get to this sterile, as sterile as possible, as as, as removed from all the feelings. Is like, okay, this is exactly the argument you have. This is exactly the thing you want to say. And if all people would do like this, then I think. But would we, would they hmm? come? Would they come up with the same? Yeah, that's the thing. Um, this is the uh, if if we all try this, then the thing you just said is like, okay, every everything would be kind of similar, and I, I agree. But also, it would not be 100% similar because people would have different interpretations and those could clash. But if everyone would really try to get not on this feeling side, but really on this sterile truth, like really like remove all the feelings, all the story from an idea and only fight, like, only fight in the realm of sterile ideas, then whole humanity could uh, get towards truth much faster. Because you really have just the ideas battling against each other with removed from all this feeling, all this story, and then you could let ideas like if everyone is doing that. So you said before that you're not living in the world of ideas, but I think I, you are. I, I am. I, okay, I, okay. I, I, I said I am living. Okay, in, okay, I'm okay. living in the world of ideas extremely. Okay, like okay, like okay. with my note taking. Like platonic. Yeah, I, kind I, of. I'm really living in the world of ideas. Like my. Of course, I try to. I try to have the, those ideas as true as possible. This is the thing. Like I'm not, like I'm not having some random ideas and being like, "Nice, those are ideas." I try to. Yeah, have well, true I ideas. think this yeah. is our main difference. So, like to you, truth is an attractor, and mm -hmm. it's it is convergence. To me, truth is convergence. Convergence towards one point. So, like mm -hmm. truth is, yeah, core. Uh, there is of, there is something of that reality, is yeah, yeah. yeah. So like, everyone is trying to direct themselves towards that direction. Mm -hmm. To me, truth is the opposite way around. So it's a centrifugal force. Like it's like spreading. Uh, it's yeah. truth for me. It's pure chaos. Like all the possibilities ever, all balanced on the same, um, um, on the same plate. So I think like uh, the fact that uh, the earth is round wouldn't be as true if there weren't ideas that the earth is a cylinder or is flat or it's all of these things like a thing and its contraries and its opposites all make up for the ultimate truth. Like without one of these shades, like... It, reality wouldn't be as complex as beautiful as true. But don't you say that the... Earth that the the sense that the Earth is round is more true than the Earth is flat. I think that it is true because you have alternatives, but the alternatives are also part of the concept of the Earth being round. Okay, so so by by sterilizing this, by if you would delete all the beliefs that are against. Going against that the Earth is round. If all the faults, okay, we don't know if the Earth is really round. It's a geoid. <laughs> no, but but uh, uh, I've never been in space. I don't know. <laughs> no. Like yeah, um, yeah. But 
sorry <laughs> so so if, if yeah no actually it, that's it, very true like yeah and i think that's that's the yeah. main issue right no no you, but you can never be sure about anything which is not a is a a is not b even two plus two equals four is somehow yeah uh, kind of arguable wait 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 no your argument is that, that if you remove all the wrong ideas from an idea because like all the, the, the wrong ideas of what the earth is, then it wouldn't be the same. Like if you only, if you, if you have like, make like a big giant, like my, my obsidian, you, you make it really, really big and put all the ideas that all the humans have. So there is a note in that says the earth is a cylinder. There's a note in there that says the earth is true. The, uh, the earth is round. There is, uh, and, and you say, okay, all those notes together are, are, like all those notes that describe the form of the earth together are better than if you only have if you would delete every note except the true one why um because i think like removing that layers of complexity um would take away a lot of it like um so if if there were no darkness light would be something mere and something simple but like light is so nice because you have the opposite of it right or same with like different colors um if you didn't have like this wide spectrum of shades like only living in black and white would would make that would mean that we lose so much and um, I also think it's I grounded in a, both a philosophical and physical perspective. So my idea of what the universe is, is reality, which gets to know itself by uh, its development, but it's continuous development. So like we're, we're tending towards the most chaos ever. And then who god knows who, what happens uh we either like recon like re collapse into a the little center of matter and re-explode and do this thousand of th like no infinite times i, I or, don't get this analogy oh okay sorry like yeah the whole universe i think is a big machine uh no okay machine is not the right term but like it's uh well i think that what the universe is trying to do is taking all the possible forms and shapes that it could and that is the ultimate truth like all of the realm of possibilities when it will be um navigated when it will be of course you cannot do all of it because it's it's infinite um so but maybe maybe time is infinite and maybe the mm -hmm. universe is in different yeah, yeah. different dimensions different dimensions yeah. different uh cycles yeah. but i think that really like um when when the universe expands and when matters changes its configuration and consciousness itself like what the fuck like it's so nice it's kind of a, all this big big uh system which is trying to explore all the possibilities around it and how do you explore it if you're matter you cannot just think about it you have to make it happen so like it's changing its configurations to 
to do that. It's not thinking about anything. It's like, it's just like making things happen and realizing th- truth and by like enacting truth, kind of. But okay, so but this is super abstract. Like the universe is trying to. It's not trying. It's just like the the thing that the universe is doing is building immense complexity. Yeah. Like, uh, but what does it mean? Why? 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 Why should like? Why does it mean that we have to keep all the wrong beliefs about the shape of the earth? Um, I mean, you 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 said that this idea is super abstract. Mm-hmm. My take is that seeing it from a human conscious perspective in such a vast space that is the abstract thing like we might we might be wrong we might be thinking in a way which is not even close to what reality is like the dimensions we perceive are probably very limited and uh we've we've optimized our senses and our thinking for survival and reproduce nothing else but does this mean like of course we are wrong it's like i i agree 100 that we are wrong in incredibly many ways much more than we can imagine but does it mean that we shouldn't even try to get closer to truth because no no i think yeah i think but um but yeah no no of course that that is a very noble and of course we need a direction And I think the direction to truth, it's one of the most, um, yeah, as I said before, novel and interesting directions we, t- we can take. But because we are wrong, I think that keeping the maximum complexity and keeping like all, all possibilities on the table at all times is the best thing ever. Like, it will, as I said before, having a centralized, simpler, um kind of system will probably be more efficient on the short term but i think it will be much more exposed to fallacies so like if actually people stopped at newton's theory newton's theory and they said okay this is the ultimate theory for physics then maybe einstein wouldn't have revolutionized it and if people actually didn't question the incongruences in einstein's einstein's theory then quantum physics wouldn't have born and so on and so forth probably maybe in 50 years we will see that quantum physics was not right and if you don't take all the complexity all the um arguments against quantum physics which may sound absurd but maybe someday someone wakes up and see it in a different way and they're like oh damn this makes a lot of sense this is the solution to the problem we were looking for so like if you take that out of the table you might have pure ideas but you might be completely off like If we really are at, like trying to achieve pure truth, I think that like having the most diversity, it's it's what really uh does the trick here. But still there are so but still there is truth and you can get closer to it. Do you believe that? Because No. No. I, I don't think there is an ultimate truth. <clears throat> But there are things that are more true than other, other other things. Wait. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There are things who are more true than others, 
but they're mainly abstract. Like I don't know, a triangle has three sides and three angles. Yeah, so, triangle would would be would be wrong if yeah. Okay, it's more true to say that a triangle has three angles than the triangle has four angles. Yeah, <laughs> um, but I think apart from formal abstract systems, um, which have clear axioms and clear theorems, and even so. Gödel's incompleteness theorem says that, like, not even there, you you can be completely sure of truth. Uh, so I think truth is a really, really tricky concept. It's it's like not even in in math there is absolute truth. Yeah, we have a proof that there can't be. But it is Gödel's incompleteness theorem, right? It's like a proof that we can literally never, like, that math can't get to truth. Or, or what? Like, the, it's okay. We don't. There are different formulations of the yeah. of the thing, but like, there might be true statements which you cannot prove inside of the of the system if the system yeah. is powerful enough. So, it's so we can never arrive at ultimate truth. This kind of yeah. <laughs> okay, I I think this is a possibility it's possible that we can never arrive at ultimate truth, but this is also like a sentence that can also be wrong. So so maybe it is wrong and we can arrive at ultimate truth. So the thing that I do is I try. I try to get to truth as much as possible. So I try, the, the attractor thing you said, I try to get closer to the thing because the thing that I know or, or that I strongly believe is that there are, like, there are things that are more true than others and and I just try to follow this road and try to follow this getting more true, more true, more true and to see where it leads me, you know? Like, go towards this attractor that is the, the, the most truest point. No, I don't know if I can ever reach it, but... like, I, But would it be something like philosophical? Would it be physical? What, what, what I don't do know. It like, this is like, it's just the truth. Like, I can't tell you now because I'm... Like, so I, can, I can only tell you how far I am right now. So it's like, but... Um, but my question is, you're the thing you said with that it's more like um, spreading from the truth. That there are like a lot of things. What, what? What? I don't understand this exactly. It's not spreading from the truth. So if you have, let's say you have an infinite space of possibilities. Mm -hmm. For me, truth would be filling up that space rather than going to a point in which you have the ultimate view on how the universe works or yeah what is what is consciousness what like instead of having like one clear equation which describes everything um i think yeah like the only way to actually achieve that is like yeah exploring complexity all the complex all the possible complexity which which is infinite so we i think we might never get to the ultimate truth okay so so the thing is truth does not get more okay i i think i like your argument is that truth does not get more simple like you don't get closer to it by deleting a lot of stuff but it gets more complex exactly. like yeah. uh, you get okay i i get this uh, truth so, is the ultimate complexity yeah of. okay so so if you want to get closer to truth it means that 
you get more co it, it gets more complex if i try to make a note-taking system where i have uh, true it doesn't get less the notes that it, it's not like it condenses uh but it, it just gets more and more and more and more um because ultimate truth is ultimate complexity yeah okay this is uh nice that i understood this because i didn't understand it in the beginning at all um yeah no problem yeah, i think yeah, yeah. this is uh this is a fun part of of having conversations yeah. right you go through your ideas and you actually you even yourself you understand yeah. them in a better way yeah 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 so about this idea i think the only way we can know who's if true is more truth is more simple or more broad is to try like to try to get closer to it and you see if you if everything gets more simple or everything gets more complex maybe it's a mixture uh yeah maybe some things get more simple some things get more complex um yeah that's very interesting right like yeah. also when you study different subjects and everything uh for example in psychology you know like you have the behaviorists and all these opposing views and then in the end like the most current view is an kind of an average of all of the previous ones so like i really tend not to stick too much to one specific view but like try to complement it with other other ideas other opinions which i think i make it makes the most sense like just crystallizing on and completely going for one and that's again like the beauty of complexity right like the possibility to have different different things is not you're you're not just focusing on one thing one specific domain very clean very clear but you let it be contaminated by different ideas different perspectives and and multiple branches of of the of the same same topic hmm. okay so do you believe in good and bad do you i uh, know no, in true and false sorry good and bad was the question i want to ask afterwards Shit. <laughs> <laughs> spoiler spoiler um in true and false not really we had this conversation with mark even yeah uh, wait, wait was it the one digression talk yes or? yes yeah, but uh, it's impossible now, so explain yeah uh so digression talks are one event that we uh. recurrently organize as enigma and yeah. it's basically an open space in which uh, one person informally takes the floor and speaks about something they're completely passionate about. So it's an enthusiasm-driven conversation in which the the public is um, actively um, involved, and it's more of a conversation rather than yeah. a, than a speech. It's, it's like a, a presentation where everyone just brings their uh, yeah, their exactly. own contribution, yeah. kind of. Yeah. yeah. And so, like, we had this discussion about true and false, and. I, I don't really believe in true and false. Uh, why? Um, because I think it's extremely hard to... Like, if you actually pinpoint and go in depth enough, it's actually hard. It's almost impossible to prove anything. Mm -hmm. But, like, I think the most valid philosophical perspective might be, like, skepticism. Like, you... like you might you're you're not even able to prove that this is real or this yeah. is really happening or yeah. you know like if you question enough like if you have yeah. enough questions and enough time like you can you can basically question anything okay so the 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 mere fact that you can disprove nearly anything like i mean no it's also hard to disprove stuff okay like you cannot prove is maybe to the, be truth uh, disprove is maybe the wrong word but 
Yeah, you can't. Yeah, okay. The fact that you can't really prove anything means that there is this true. Like, do you? <laughs> nah, sorry. Is there? Is there? Um, okay, you, you say derived from the fact that we as humans can't prove stuff like definitely we can't definitely prove stuff means that there is no true and false but does it isn't it possible that in reality there is some kind of true and false that exists and we are just too limited to prove stuff like you said yourself that like we as humans are really limited like all this evolution like the way we perceive the world is just like the way evolution made us perceive the world it's there's nothing uh, there's no truth built into that yeah but yes yeah no I, i i do believe in truth and i said it's the ultimate complexity but i don't think i can understand it like in daily okay. life i cannot tell true from false like There yeah. might be. There might be. Yeah. Actually, that's a very that's a very nice description. Um, yeah, there there might be, of course, but I don't think we have the facilities to to understand it, like to actually get. So, like, of course, it's useful to have true and false in daily life. I'm not the kind of guy like who goes around and like, oh, this thing Everything is like is eh, relative, yeah. eh, <laughs> arguably, <laughs> or like. Yeah, I don't know. The the solution to this equation is forty two, and you're yeah. like, yeah, my my not. Yeah, <laughs> you know, yeah, yeah. you have to you have to live like we're we're stupid evoluted monkeys who play to be like some kind of gods and everything. So, but um, there there are some things which are helpful to have in in your in your daily life, and I'm not questioning any of that. Like, you just have to play the game. But I think it also helps to put a lot of things in perspective. And to see life in a less serious manner, which I think it's very, very extremely valuable. So like if you actually get that to the realization that uh it's at least for me, it's it's impossible to have truth and no one is more entitled than others. It's it's all a big nonsense game that we're playing with each other and It it allows you to be much lighter in what you do, but at the same time it doesn't mean shallower. It's just like it just allows you to experience without the burden of it being um too serious, too um there are, yeah, there's like a lot that you cannot control, a lot that you cannot tell like from true and false. Um, it's not all your your responsibility and like you can actually experience stuff in a very deep manner without it um suffoc suffocating you. I think that's that's very very helpful to, to move in this in this in the world we live in. So to just act as if there was true and false, but still knowing Not not one hundred percent like clinging to okay this is like the one hundred percent truth but always having in the back of you had okay everything is yeah I mean like yeah. have a laugh about it like yeah. you oh, go okay. to the graduation ceremony and you see everyone dressed in this like funny way 
and there is this one person being very serious which might be the rector of the university like giving the speech and everything and you look like there are a bunch of evoluted animals with some technology <laughs> in their hands like taking like flashes and pictures and you're like this makes no sense at all like it could be completely 100% different agree, yeah. and, and you're just you just have a laugh at that and same when when everything when life seems to suck ass and you're um you're drenched or under the rain your bike is broken you're broke um nothing is working you still look at it and you're like this, this, this is almost impossible like this is impossible yeah. to understand it's like and i think it it always it it helps you to put things in perspective and and again not not suffer too much from it just live in it to to your fullest but still not not being heavy and feeling like you're um bonded and i don't know yeah tightened by something that holds you back just just relax and and enjoy the ride i think that's uh that's the best you can do mm, a like this way of thinking wait i just had a thought so um no, exactly. Last week, I had like a little meaning crisis uh, when I was I was like researching about uh, social psychology and like no, not researching. I was studying for my exams, so I was like uh, reading uh, like social psychology and personality psychology. And um, basically, what I was learning was all the stuff that influences what we humans believe, how we humans perceive the world, who we like what we like, uh, what we want to do, like pages upon pages on what influences us. So, and and in the end, I was like, I, I just laid on the floor in my room and I was like, this, everything is so absurd, absurd because like, there's no, like, there's no you under all the, like, I learned like pages upon pages, what influences you, but there is no you, you are the, the sum of those yeah. influences. And like, there isn't, and, and we believe that there's a, there's a me that is like acting and stuff. And there's like this, this, this illusion, but we don't really understand if there's anything like we don't like, but yeah, like if everything's two yeah. humans were raised exactly in the same manner, would they be the same person? That's, that's uh, the ultimate question, right? I think there still is some variability in your genes, yeah. in your physical structure. Yeah, for sure. So I can I can tell you the answer to this question. No. Yeah. So it's like. Uh, so there there is a self, um, but still, yeah, it it really like, what am I? I am the sum. I am the yeah. Emergence of all of these these experiences and contexts that I've been that I've been through, um. But yeah, it's like. But but still, you think like you're Cesare and you have like goals and stuff and like. Yeah, I mean, it's fun to do that, you know. And, and you kind of are like. Yeah. At the same time, yeah, you are and you are and at the same and it is, and it's completely nonsense. But it's, it's cool. It's fun to be like that, you know. Yeah. And 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 we walk around, and we think we have problems. We think we have stress. We think there are things that we want. We we chase behind stuff and like. We. Like literally when I was like laying on this floor on that day, I was like laying there and I'm like, this is all, this is like, 
we imagine that we have like goals we imagine that we have problems we imagine that but like we uh, if we really think about it you can't even start to think about this because you don't understand anything like how, how do you how do you get to the point that uh, you have problems when you don't even understand what you are like I, I can't say i have a problem with i don't know what i is i don't know what the problem like i don't know anything like sorry i don't know if this Th is that is uh, that is a very yeah. interesting thought but it's also it's also a bit of a loophole right yeah oh wait what what do you mean by loophole it's like if you start digging towards that, you're mm -hmm. just questioning about everything yeah. and anything, and you're like, well, what am I supposed to do? Exactly, like, yeah. But I think you were discussing about active nihilism um, some hours before. Uh, uh, nihilism. Nihilism, yeah. yeah. And um, With Udesh, it's the podcast that came right before this, if I cut it in order. <laughs> so, yeah. And this is basically uh, the beauty of it. So, like, if nothing makes sense, then you have complete freedom to do what you think is, is right what you think it's like you don't have to suffer under um any constrictions and everything so like you can uh, i think nietzsche had the most beautiful thoughts about this like so you start from destroying everything and then you're really free to become who you really are and even if that doesn't make a sense it's just you just have a lot and and live to your fullest and like experience what you what you have is like just take this and make the best out of it this this is what all you can do basically yeah yeah i agree still it's so absurd like it's <laughs> so it's so yeah you, you of course in the end you just have to like on this day when i i, I really felt like I understood something like laying on the floor. I was like, I, I it was like my eyes opened to this incredible absurdity. And I, I, it was not like now we just talk about it, but in this moment, I really understood yeah. how absurd everything is. It feels good. And right? I, like, like I, I really understood it, but I, I, I knew I can't stay in this state of understanding that everything is so absurd because like, it's not possible to, to be a working human. I, I I just have to keep laying on this floor if I want to keep understanding this. But at some point, I'm going to stand up and I'm going to um, get something to eat. And in this po moment already, I will... When I start to think about, oh, what am I going to eat? Like, it's over already. I'm, I'm not... I'm, you can't stay in the state of really understanding how absurd everything is because you're just a human. And like, Yeah, you're not pure conscious. Yeah, yeah. In, in the end, you're still... You're thinking about your problems again like even if you know that all problems is super absurd you will go back and think about your problems you will go and think about oh what am yeah, i going to eat now we and just like for. yeah and this is this is the thing that i use it it's like it's kind of nice you can just just live it like i don't know yeah just be yeah just, just be in this experience it it just is so you can just enjoy it i don't yeah, know yeah um have a lot of it yeah um, um i i don't even know if this was such a valuable thought that i brought up here in this podcast but it's like i i'm really trying to my brain is still working through this what this means like mm. this this absurdity and this 
Um, yeah, hit me up. Yeah. You think you're, you're <laughs> in the last time, my, my brain is off, is, is working on stuff and I don't really understand it. But I understand that I'm making progress towards something that I don't understand. And it's weird. And I, 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 I can't even really explain what, what I mean. But um, yeah, I can ask like my closing question. You know it. Uh, do you know, did I already have it with you? The closing question? I don't know. Okay, so so the last question I always ask is uh, if you can... Okay, you can choose like one book or one YouTube video or one podcast or one whatever, like one piece of distilled knowledge that you would advise people to read, watch, listen to, whatever. Um, what what would it be? Like that you would advise me to read or if if just the thing that influenced you the most, like... One piece of knowledge that you would advise people to look into. Huh. Uh, this is this is a very interesting question. So I have I have also different stuff for this. So like I have one piece of of advice for practical reasons, which is I think how to speak. Uh, I might do open courseware video on. Um, on YouTube, you can find it easily. It's by Professor Patrick Winston. Wait, I think I is it is it this professor that explains like like with a chart? Uh, keep keep talking. He has he has a chalkboard. Yeah, and yeah exactly, and he draws like stuff. Uh, wait, how 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 is it called? How to speak? How to speak by Patrick Winston, MIT Open Courseware. Um, Patrick Winston, by the way, um, is. Very, very. I watched good. it and I have like the whole summary in my obsidian. Nice, yeah. nice. <laughs> yeah. He also has it's good. It's good. Yeah. He also has a very, very valuable series on uh, on AI. He teaches mm -hmm. like intro to AI, basically to AI. He was teaching. Um, he's now deceased. Um, at MIT, very valuable course. I also suggest to watch that. And um, but then I have a very personal one which I don't think I will share, which is like what what keeps me going. It's And, um, wait, so you're not going to tell, mm, I don't think so. Okay. <laughs> uh, maybe one day, maybe one day, but like, yeah. That's a nice, uh, so I have like the perfect thing, but I'm not going to tell it to you. <laughs> no, it's, it's not perfect. It's yeah. perfect because it's very personal. It's tailored on me. Yeah. So my suggestion is like, go around, look to look into a bunch of stuff, move fast, break things, find what you really like, find something you really love. And dive into it, like, if it's a poem, it might be even be four lines long, but if you, like, dive into it, read it over and over again, and think about it, and make it yours, and that that's, that's like, that's what makes it beautiful, what makes it valuable for you. And, um, but I think one book that everyone should read, because it's just beautifully written, and a bit under, under the radar, is Embers, by Sandor Maray. Uh, mm -hmm. I'm sorry if I didn't pronounce it correctly. Uh, he's an Hungarian author, and that book it's embers. Embers, the embers. It's like the it's like ashes, kind of, but mm -hmm. it's like a bit more specific term. Um, What is it about? It's about friendship and betrayal and finding purpose. So it's a it's a novel. It's a novel. Yeah. Okay. Nice. Uh, I've like I read some essays like essays yeah but I still find that novels 
talk to me more. They're more human. They're more. Yeah, we actually like in this podcast we had a discussion about this, like about that the story can teach yeah. you maybe more than a than a how to speak course, or I don't know. Yeah. But this how to speak course is, by the way, is really good. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, the guy, the guy actually brings up a lot of um, when he talks about props. He's basically personalizing all the talk. He's saying, okay, what is a Winston star? This is Winston star. I'm talking. I'm Winston. Yeah. This is my thing. So. Uh, why why is that specific thing helpful oh yeah because for example i was in a in a jury a couple of years ago and like we judge people based on these factors so yeah. like you should take this and yeah i think that's that's actually okay. a very good balance between the two yeah and okay uh, ambers is ambers is, is a novel, novel like action novel or what kind of yeah it's a novel yeah like it's a fantasy about... no, no 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 it's set around the period of First World War, mm -hmm. I think, um, in in Hungary, mm -hmm. or yeah, the Austro-Hungarian Empire back then, um, and it's basically the story of two friends. I don't want to spoil it, okay? Yeah, uh, no. but there is secret, there is betrayal, there is, um, yeah. What does it mean? to have a purpose what does what does it mean to live basically yeah what does it mean to live okay. i think that is the ultimate thing nice. you can get out of the book really and it, cool. and it's beautifully written like beautifully written okay at least like the italian translation is very very nice i, yeah. I think the hungarian version should also be good <laughs> for people that can speak hungarian yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> i haven't read it in english i yeah. might actually i've read it Three times. Yeah. Okay. Nice. Very cool. Thank you, Cesare. Thank you. And always a pleasure, man. Yeah. If you want, one time we can do this, and then you ask me the questions. But yeah. See yeah. <laughs> okay. Nice, man. If you want to hear more of Cesare Dalbacno, in episode number nine of this podcast, he explained the time that when he was the school representative of a school occupation. This was an incredible story. I really recommend listening to this episode number nine. See you there.